Well, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the press launch of Brief Answers to the Big Questions, the final book by Professor Stephen Hawking. I'm Roger Highfield. I'm the Director of External Affairs for the Science Museum Group. I'm joined on stage today by two of Stephen's children, Lucy and Tim Hawking. Uh, we have Professor Malcolm Perry from the Department of Applied Mathematics and Theoretical Physics at the University of Cambridge. Professor Andy Strominger from Harvard University, uh, both are long-time collaborators with Professor Hawking and are here to talk about his very final research. And then we also have Professor Faye Dauka, a one-time student of Professor Hawking and now Professor of Theoretical Physics at Imperial College London. And it was Faye who described um, in the eulogy at Stephen Hawking's funeral how he was her teacher, mentor, and friends. So welcome everyone for being here. A quick um, word, um, well it's thrilling also to say that it's, it, it's astonishing to be here, remarkable to be here on the eve of the publication of the final book from one of the world's greatest minds. Uh, some call him the most renowned scientist since Einstein. Stephen Hawking was well known for his groundbreaking work in physics and for his mischievous sense of humor. He educated millions of readers about the origins of the universe and the nature of black holes and inspired millions more by defying an early diagnosis of motor neuron disease, which originally gave him only two years to live. Despite the many challenges he faced, he continued to advance his field and serve as a revered voice on social and humanitarian issues. He not only unraveled some of the universe's greatest mysteries, how did it all begin, is there a God, what is inside a black hole, but he also believed science must play a critical role in fixing problems here on Earth. Will humanity survive? Will artificial intelligence outsmart us? Should we colonize space? Three decades after the publication of A Brief History of Time, his game-changing work, Stephen Hawking leaves us with his final thoughts on the universe's biggest questions in this wide-ranging, passionately argued final book. So a quick word on the format of today with a running time of around 40 minutes or so. We're going to start with a brief discussion with Lucy and Tim about their father's legacy then Professors Perry and Strominger will detail the new discoveries of their latest paper with Stephen. Then we'll segue into a discussion with Faye Dauka about Stephen's professional legacy before opening the floor to a couple of questions, followed by a final contribution. So first, let's just turn to Lucy and Tim. It's a, it's a landmark moment for your father's legacy, but it's also an incredibly personal one for you. Just tell us a little bit more about how this final book came to be. Well, my father had the idea last year to bring all his contemporary writings together into one place. And he maintained an enormous archive with his team at Cambridge University that was very carefully curated. It was over half a million words. And he was regularly asked a set of questions. And what we wanted to do with this book is bring together the most definitive, the clearest, the most authentic answers that he gave to a range of regularly answered, asked questions. So how do you think he would have felt about the publication today? He would have been absolutely delighted. And as we were all saying earlier, we all just wish he was here to see it. So you've got 10 big questions contained in the book, which are the ones well, tell us, of all those ten, which ones are the ones that your father was particularly passionate about? I think the most important question to him would have been, will people understand my answers? 
um, he says in the book, people want answers to the big questions. And it was really important to him that he answered all these questions in a way that was accessible, that was engaging, that was entertaining, and that people could relate to. He was very keen on creating relevance for people with abstract concepts. And I think that's something this book does in an absolutely fantastic manner. I know people who've looked through the book and said, it feels like he's written this for me. I didn't expect that. So I think that would be the most important question for him. So of all the questions in the book, um, which ones were discussed the most around the dinner table in the Hawking household? Well, in fact, uh, pretty much all of them, actually. Um, and uh, if we ever asked our father uh, questions like that, we'd always get a fabulous answer back. Um, but then, you know, like any family, we'd, we'd discuss more day-to-day -day affairs as well, and he was always interested to know what we as the, his, his children were up to. And, you know, so it was... Um, Incredibly, incredibly uh, broad what we discussed at the dinner table. So in, in the wake of, of uh, his, his death in March of this year, um, there was an enormous outpouring of affection towards your father. What, what do you think he would have made of, of all this? I think he would have been uh, incredibly touched that um, he had managed to connect with, with, with so many around the world, um, you know, uh, through his work. Uh, yeah, I'm just very flattered, I think. And of course, um, he also had a brilliant, if not slightly mischievous sense of humour. And given his views on God outlined in the book, what do you think he would have made of the internment in Westminster Abbey? Well, um, we think he would have been very honoured to take his place in history. Um, from a personal point of view, I realised he never liked to be alone. He always wanted to be in the centre of everything. And I like to think that he would find his final resting place between Isaac Newton and Charles Darwin, and he would never be alone again. He did like a party, though, as well, didn't he? As you know, Roger, he was very keen on a party, so, um, yes. So we're faced with all sorts of big questions today, and some of them have, have escalated since your father's death, Brexit, Me Too and the ever-evolving political situation in the US, not to mention uh, the, th the threat of climate change as well. Um, what do you think your father would have made of, of these uh, issues? Well, he was deeply worried that at a time when the challenges that present themselves are global and that they need us to come together and work together and cooperate, that we were becoming increasingly local in our thinking and that at a time when we should be calling for unity, we were becoming more and more fractured and divided. So I think that was a huge concern for him and one that you'll find all the way through the book. If you had to sum up this book, I would say it's a call to unity. It's a call to humanity. It's a call to bring ourselves back together and really face up to the challenges in front of our, ourselves and try and work together to find a solution. So finally, was he optimistic about the future? Uh, he was very optimistic about the future because he believed very strongly in human beings and in the ability of human beings to apply their intelligence to the problems that they faced and also to develop tools to help themselves to do so. He also believed passionately in education and in the rights of young people to access an education. Obviously he's a scientist so he felt that a foundational education in science and technology was really important for all young people to have so that they didn't become disenfranchised by the modern world so they could participate so they could properly be citizens of the world of the future.